Good evening, everybody, and welcome to another episode of the Winged Octopus. This is Tyler here alongside Tanner. Test not available tonight, no one else available, so it's me and Tanner. Both of us under the weather, but we're fighting through it. We're, we're clawing and, and thrashing through everything to try to get this to you guys. So uh, hopefully you guys are appreciative of, of how we're, uh, we're powering through it like Steve Eisenman uh, did back in the day with playing on one leg. Uh, no, we're kidding, obviously. Tanner, how you doing in uh, South Carolina? No days North. off, man. I'm doing good. It's North Carolina right now, but it's all right. We're gonna we're gonna do this every podcast from here on out. I just know it. <laughs> I'm doing pretty good here in Massachusetts. It's actually the weather finally decided to cooperate tonight. It's a pretty good night, so uh, no complaints there. Uh, so since we last talked, uh, there was a there was a uh, draft that the Red Wings selected eleven players in. Um, they also selected a goalie there. They selected a, a lot of big players. So, uh, six or 11 of them were six foot or taller. Um, it looked like the, a lot of people wanted the Red Wings to select, uh, Timothy Lilligren, who was a defenseman who ended up going to Toronto. Um, he was actually dealing with, um, ver uh, not vertigo, but he was dealing with, uh, mono during the season. Um, so, you know, he was supposed to go top three, and he fell all the way to Toronto, I believe, at 11 or 12 or whatever it was. Of course. Um, <laughs> so the Red Wings did not take him. They elected to take Michael Rasmussen, the forward out of Tri-City Americans, in the WHL, which is the Western Hockey League. He had 32 goals in 50 games with 23 assists. He also had 15 of those goals were on the power play. So right there, Tanner – what do you think of that? Especially, do you think that the Red Wings uh, drafted Michael Rasmussen thinking that maybe this guy can help them on the power play in the next few years? Yeah, kind of my initial thoughts were because their power play has struggled so much, um, it was nice to see that this kid has done so well on the power play. Um, the other side of it was that he has not done great in five-on-five -five hockey. Um, but it's kind of, you know, it was nice to see the Red Wings go after a position of need. Rasmussen is a center, or hopefully he might be a center. He may, he could be transformed to a winger, uh, when he comes, uh, up to the Red Wings or in the NHL one day. Um, but he's 6'6", 221, uh, yeah. which is, is also kind of, uh, alarming when you look at, and to kind of give you guys some comparisons, um, on the Red Wings roster, John, Jonathan Erickson is 6'5", 220. Um, and another forward, Anthony Mantha, is 6'4", 221. Um, so he's a full two inches taller than Anthony Mantha, but about the same body size. Um, but, again, he should help in a, in a, in a couple of years. Um, hopefully they get that power play figured out. Um, but i just kind of like to see how he produces in, you know, the five-on-five -five hockey game and uh, how well he skates. Yeah, it'll be interesting um, what he ends up doing if he if he ends up um, electing to play juniors or or if he's gonna you know be asked to come to training camp and try to make the. NHL I hope he roster. does. I hope he does. Oh, you hope he does go back to juniors? No, no, no. I, I actually hope that he competes for a roster spot because that isn't something. Obviously, the Red Wings haven't drafted in the top ten in a long time, um, but yeah. that isn't hasn't been something that we've seen from a lot of guys over the years in the organization being able to compete for a roster spot on day one. I just think it'll be kind of cool to see um, just how he progresses. I think he's going to give it a shot. I think I think that they're going to give him a shot to do it. Um, whether he does it or not, that's another question, of course. Mm -hmm. um, but I do think there is a chance that, that he's going to end up being sent back to juniors 
because, you know, that's just what the Red Wings do. They try to get every last inch of development uh, with the exception of Dylan Larkin, who they rushed, by the way. I'm sorry to say. I, I am sorry to say they did rush him. It probably would have been better off for him to stay at the University yeah. of Michigan for a few years um, and really get that, you know, get to that next step under Red Barrington. But you know what? They elected to um, call – or he elected to leave Michigan. He elected to come to the NHL, and he's done okay. But, you know, the first year was good. Second year has not been. So – the third year is going to be very important. We will talk about that at some point. We'll in the see. Podcast. Yeah, he's still young. Um, yes. Obviously, he's got a lot to learn, and he dealt with some injuries in year two. Um, but sure. you know, with his speed and um, some of his growth playing with Zetterberg and uh, some of those guys, you know, you, you hope that continues. Um, right. But but you mentioned that a lot of these draft picks is draft picks were um, six feet or taller. I think yeah. you and I kind of differ on this a little bit. Um, are you concerned that the majority of their draft picks were big guys? I am not concerned. Now, the only place, the only reason I say I'm not concerned is because if you look at the Red Wings roster, who's big besides Anthony Mantha and Jonathan Erickson and Andreas Athanasi, who's decent size, and Riley Sheehan. But other than that, yeah. I mean, everyone else is small. Dylan Larkin, probably about six foot. Um, Nyquist and Tatar are smaller. Um, you know, Abdelkader is pretty big, but, you know, even he's not as big as everybody thinks he is. Um, the back end certainly is not big. Uh, DeKaiser is big, but he doesn't play big, so that doesn't really Sproul help. Sproul is 6'4". Ryan Sproul is 6'4", but, you know, Sproul's we have a big boy, but he doesn't, he doesn't throw his weight around, and that's, yeah. that's kind of a problem here. Now, I'm not saying you're going to go out and thump people in the corners and everything because that's just not the way the game's played anymore, right. but you do have to have some edge to your game. And I'm sorry, but not one of those defensemen plays with edge. Um, I think the one that plays with the most edge on on the decor right now is probably Nick Jensen and <laughs> and and um, uh, Jonathan or Nicholas Cronwall. And, well, and that's you know, something that they've lacked the last couple of years is being yes. kind of scrappy and throwing their weight around a little bit. Um, you know, you know, and I, and I think you and I both know the last couple of years. I think this team got really got beat bad in the playoffs by speed. They were just slow, could not move their, move their legs. So when I initially saw that they drafted all these guys over six foot, um, it kind of worried me a little bit because um, a lot of the smaller guys who had a lot of speed were the ones that beat us. Um, now, I don't know how well these guys can skate. I hope they can skate pretty well. Um, looking at some of their heights of the defensemen, 6'1", 6'2", are kind of round in the same frame of what Nick Lindstrom was, or um, Chris Chelios, or was a little bit smaller. You know, Nick Cronwall's six foot, six one. So yeah. um, it'll be kind of interesting to see how some of them progress. You know, they, they got some areas of need on the defensive line, and they also got some forwards who might uh, be able to help them out. I think that, that the biggest thing for this draft to know about, this is a good step in the right direction. This isn't something that's going to make you better overnight, but – you know, you accumulate 11 assets. Um, now, I don't remember what article I read, but I did see something that said, like, a percentage of, you know, um, the, a, a good win in, in a draft of, like, nine players is, like, three players that are NHL caliber, mm -hmm. right? That's a win. Right. Uh, or two that are NHL caliber. So if the Red Wings have 11 and – three or four of them or five of them can play in the NHL and, and be decent impact players, I mean, that's a win. 
Yeah, um, and I'll I'll be happy. I, I I guess I can. My initial thoughts uh, weren't very good, but I guess you can hope to be proven wrong and hope that some of these guys progress. Uh, you know, the the Red Wings also did take a goalie, uh, Keith Petrozelli, in the third round, um, out of Muskegon uh, USHL team. Uh, he went twenty one and ten and one with a two four one goals against average. Were you a little shocked that um, they took a goalie in this draft? Um, so what that tells me is uh, that the Red Wings are not sold on um, the goaltenders that they have right now. Uh, yeah. It tells me that they're yeah. not sold on guys like uh, Peter Morazic and uh, Jared Coro, and, and obviously, you know, Jimmy Howard is probably not going to be here too, too much longer. Um, but that tells me that they're not sold on those guys. Um, it also tells me that, you know, that you can never have enough goaltending depth and that guy, uh, Keith Petroselli, was was supposed to be taken a little bit higher, and the Red Wings lucked into uh, picking him. And anytime you can get a goalie that's six foot five and uh, looks to be like a good goalie, um, you know, obviously going to Quinnipiac University in the fall, um, I'm definitely going to go see some of those games because that's right, right. down the road for me. Um, so nice. you know, it'll be cool to see a Red Wings prospect. Um, that's also a mass hole and, uh, you know, pretty close to me. So I'll get to see him play in college as well. We'll definitely be able to kind of dive into the goalie situation uh, a little bit later on. But, you know, their whole draft uh, this over the weekend will kind of lead us into our next topic uh, about the direction of the franchise. Um, this question was asked to us on Twitter as well by uh, Anthony. See you later. But I know we have wanted to talk about it for a couple weeks now. Um, with the direction of the franchise, a rebuild versus a rebuild on the fly. Um, now, Ken Holland came out and said the other day that they were going to try to make some moves this offseason to make the playoffs next year. Um, you know, I guess I kind of just want to gauge your uh, your thoughts on the team. Do you think they should go for a total rebuild, kind of tear it down, or do you think they have the ability to kind of rebuild on the fly and maybe contend once they make the playoffs? Um, okay, so the Red Wings are in a very interesting situation right now. <laughs> no <kidding>. um, <laughs> you know, they're, they're going into a new building. Uh, now, a lot of people on Twitter say, uh, you know, it it doesn't matter that they're going into a new building, and it doesn't it matter. It very much does. But it way. does matter. It, this it is a business. Does. This is an original six franchise that happens to take a lot of pride in winning and, um, you know, not giving up and keeping that winning culture. Um, so yeah, I mean, I think it's a big deal. And I, and I think the fact that, you know, they still do have prospects they have uh, now, these are going to be names, but I'm going to do it anyways, because it, it seems like it, it, it's, it's important to the conversation. Um, but they have guys like Axel Holmstrom. They have guys like, um, Billy Sariarvi, who they've been looking at for a long time. Um, seems like it's been forever and now he's finally going to play with the Griffins. Um, they have guys that have played well in, in the minor leagues like FERC and they have, uh, Bertuzzi who's coming yep. up. So it looks yep. like there's still a youth movement coming up where a team that needs to rebuild and completely tear it down, um, you know, doesn't really have anything going for them. Um, or has been stuck in the mud for a long time. I don't think this team has been stuck in the mud for a long time. I think they're just kind of starting to slide back just a hair because there's no more star power. But I do think that this the Red Wings need to be a little bit patient because I do think there's some kids that are coming. Uh, I think Dennis Chalowski is a guy that is going to be an impact defenseman in the NHL. Um, you know, he played at St. Cloud State, and he already signed, and he's going to – uh, probably play on the Griffins this year. 
so, you know, that's big. And you also, like I said, there's names, but then there's also there, you can look at these guys and say, oh my God, these guys can play. Plus you've got some young talent on the team right now, like Larkin and Mantha and Athanasiu and Russo, who uh, will probably make the team. And like I said, Bertuzzi. Um, and then the goaltending situation, whether you like Mrazek or not, he is a good young goalie uh, who still has a lot of potential. Um, and like I said, a team that's going to completely tear it down is either completely old like Vancouver. Like Vancouver is completely old. You know, the Sid- or a few years ago, you know, the Sedins and Kessler and those guys. I know Kessler's not there anymore, but you, you get the drift. Right. A team right. that needs to rebuild and completely tear it down, uh, like, has nothing going for them. The Red Wings have stuff going for them, um, but it just seems like, you know, everything came crashing down. I do think that um, people need to be patient with this team because I do think that there's going to be some good years in the next few years. I do think that they've drafted pretty well, uh, and I do think they're going to be – I do think they're going to be able to um, develop a, a good team here. What, are they going to be a Stanley Cup contender in the next two two years? I mean, only time will tell, but right now I doubt it. But I do think they're going to be a team that's competitive and is going to be a playoff team in the next few years. Yeah, and it's unfortunate you talk about some of those um, some of those young guys on the roster. If, you, if you're looking to bolster that blue line, you're going to probably have to give up some of those young guys. That's who the first guys that I'm going to ask Ken Holland about if I'm calling to Detroit to make a trade. I'm going to ask yeah, about no, no. Anthony CU. I'm going to ask about Larkin, and I'm going to ask about Mantha. And that and that's the truth of it. You're probably not going to get up much more than that. You're going to give up maybe three or four guys and some draft picks if you're going to make a big upgrade. Um, but, you know, we talk about them moving into a new building. It would be unlike the Red Wings to move into a brand new building for these fans and say, hey, here's this crappy team that we put out there to do a full rebuild. Now, Especially when the Pistons are coming to town. Correct. And the Pistons come into town too, which is a whole other story about how they need to rebuild. Um, but I don't think that you can rebuild on the fly and be successful. Um, I, I think you have to be either all in or all in one way or another. Um, granted, one th- Part of this is Ken Holland has never had to rebuild. He, he just hasn't had to rebuild while he's been in Detroit. He's made some you know, stupid trades at the deadline, as we mentioned a bunch of time before, but he's never really kind of been in this position. Um, you know, maybe he'll, maybe something will hit him that he'll decide that, hey, look, they need to do a full rebuild. Or maybe. Do you think they make, need the full rebuild? I, I think if they're gonna if they're gonna say anything about a rebuild, I think that that that's what they need to do. Um, but where they're at with again, I've said it a hundred times too. Where they're at with some of these contracts, I think it's forcing them to kind of be that middleman where they're at. Here's um, my thing: What players are they gonna trade that other teams are gonna want? I mean, see, that's where you would have to package something like if you're not if you're saying that Anthony Cu, Mantha, and Larkin are untouchable, you're packaging. Bertuzzi, Holmstrom, and maybe a couple draft picks for you know for whoever. Um, you're packaging some of those guys yeah. who have proven their worth in the AHL. Um, so we'll see. I personally just think you can't be half and half. Um, I think you got to be all for one. Or um, see, I think personally, I think personally they're all in on the rebuild on the fly. Oh no, and I think they are. I, I just don't think that you can do it. Be successful that way. You know, and and I nitpicked on 
Ken Holland's comments saying, you know, we're going to make some moves to get back to the playoffs. Well, how about you make some moves for the team so you can be a cup contender again? Those are the words that I want to hear come out of my GM's mouth, not, oh, we're just trying to make it back in the playoffs next year. I don't want to hear that if I'm a fan. I, I definitely hear you on that, but I think in this NHL, and he's he's brought that. Now, he's kind of said this in his you know press conferences before that this NHL has changed. You know, you can back into the playoffs and win a Stanley Cup. Is it likely to happen all the time? No, no. but it, if you get to the playoffs with guys like Larkin and Mantha and Athanasiu and um, Rousseau and and you know those guys and Morazic and that's a huge win because you want this team to develop, right? And there's no, no better way to develop than go to the Stanley Cup playoffs. And, uh, you know, even if you're the, uh, you know, the last seed in the division or you're the wild card to play the best team and, you know, see what happens. It, it, this isn't the NBA where the one seed can't beat the eight seed. You know, this right. the NHL, you're very much alive in the playoffs. And so, I mean, I, I – if there's any league to rebuild on the fly that makes the most sense, it's the NHL. Yeah, and, and we'll kind of dive in probably on a later podcast. You know, we talked about doing a roundtable discussion, getting a bunch yes. of people from Winged Octopus on the podcast. This will definitely be a topic that will come up. Um, but before you dive into the free agency, I just wanted to let you know this just came across the timeline now. The Hurricanes just traded Eddie Lack, Ryan Murphy, and a 2019 seventh-round pick to the Flames for Keith. Keegan Kanzig and a 2019 sixth round pick. So wow. more more trades are happening. Um, none on the Red Wings front, but more trades are happening. I think I think that's kind of what's going to happen. I do think that there is going to be a move that's going to happen here because the Red Wings are going to have to get Marty Furk on the uh, on the roster. Uh, although Bertuzzi does have an option, or not an option, we're not in baseball here. Uh, he he is a, he does have a two way contract, so he can go down. So if Ferk is going to make the team, Bertuzzi may not make the team. Uh, Rasmussen may not make the team. So um, they'll be but, flexible with that stuff. That I don't yeah. think they'll keep a guy on their roster um, like I think they did Ferk last year, who's going to be. Uh, exposed on waivers, you know, two weeks into the season. I just that won't be a move that they'll make. Yeah, I think that, that Tatar also may or may not be ready for the season opener, so that may also open up a spot for Marty Furt. Um, it's interesting. We talk about this, Tanner. And, like, there's there's a lot of good hockey players here that the Red Wings do have. Um, there's a lot of youth. A lot of people like to call this Red Wings team old. Who's old? Justin Abdelkader is, Cronwell. you know, probably one of the older guys. But, I mean, Cronwall Zetterberg, I mean, okay, the core might be old. but Erickson acts like he's 44. Uh, yeah, well. <laughs> I mean, Sorry, that, he, acts, that he acts like his jersey number, my bad. <laughs> <laughs> but it's interesting. You talk about the Red Wings, like, they have no hope. But there's Well, there's, they, they got rid of some of those guys. players here. They got rid of some of those guys. Vanek was there. Uh, Cleary got sent down. Steve Ott got traded. So, you know, they want to talk to Vanek again. Franz Nielsen's 33. Uh, yeah. Howard's up there in age. So For there sure. are some guys that are kind of that middle way. Yeah. Well, I mean, I guess the guys that, that you kind of count on to rebound this year, if you are going to contend for the postseason, right. it's going to be guys like Tatar and Nyquist and, you know, Even hopefully Athena yeah. see you and Mantha and Larkin all take a step forward again. Um, maybe not um, Mantha because Mantha was pretty good last year. Um, you know, that's, that's probably 
uh, I don't know if that's his ceiling, but you know his ceiling's pretty damn high. That guy can that guy can put the puck in the back of the net. Hey, Mantha, um, so. I love I love your uh, your ability to stick in there, stand up for your teammates, and fight. But please choose your fights wisely. Yes, I agree. <laughs> please don't be don't gone for head. extended amount of weeks because uh, we need you on that ice. With that being said, Tanner, and you know we'll, we will transition to the next topic. But with that being said, I think this is going to be a fun team to watch this year, and I think over the next few years it's going to be an interesting team to watch. And they're going to keep fans going to the games because they are going to be an interesting team to watch. They do have some younger players. I know Zetterberg is going to be gone here pretty soon, and Erickson and and, and uh, Cronwell and the, the rest of the you know Stanley Cup champions. Mm -hmm. Um, but I do think over the next few years, it's it's intriguing. It's very intriguing. Pretty much every game is going to be intriguing until they're out of the postseason or, you know, out of the playoffs or what, whatever. But, I mean, would you agree with that? Do you think yeah, it, mean, it's going to be an interesting team the to city, watch? The city reacts real well to a lot of these younger kids that come up. Um, so it's just kind of good to see the fan base react to some of these young kids come in. I think they're very excited to see the growth of Larkin, Anthony, CU, and, and Mantha just – Every time I watch that highlight of Anthony CU going from coast to coast, just is yeah. mind blowing versus Pittsburgh. That that just play is mind blowing. That stuff's fun to see. Um, it gives but, you a lot of hope. Yeah, and I, I think the city will kind of wrap around it. But you know, there will be those, uh, including myself, who will nitpick the small stuff if uh, they take a nosedive pretty quickly. Yeah, I mean, they're only as good as their start. I think their start's going to be real important this year. No question. Um, and and I do think that. You know, the Griffins winning the Calder Cup probably also sways Ken Holland towards the rebuild on the fly versus the totally tear it down and, and build it back up. But like I said, when you think of a team that's going to tear it down and build it back up, it'd be like a team like Boston, Matrice Bergeron, uh, right. David Krejci, uh, Zdeno Chara, Tuka Rask. Like, that's a team like that if they slide, you know, maybe okay. Like, or a team like Buffalo the last few years who is just in a – rut that they cannot get out of have a they're, in, they're in a situation start. like edmonton buffalo right is. right um but you know I, with phil housley uh, you know behind the bench i think that i have to think that they will be better this year um so moving on uh we do have um a few things that we're going to get to here so free agency it starts on saturday bob mckenzie freaking out that he has to work on a saturday but bob's going to be <laughs> put to the test, and uh, so are all the other boys, Bob McKenzie and the boys, of course. Um, you know, free agency I don't think is going to be really big uh, for the Red Wings this year. I, uh, one of the big free agents pretty much that I didn't think the Red Wings had any interest in anyways, nor do they have the cap room to pick him up. Um, but the guy that, you know, was intriguing to a lot of people to see where he went uh, was uh, T.J. Oshie, who signed an eight-year extension with the Washington Capitals. Just your thoughts on um, on that real quick. Every time I think of the name T.J. Oshie, I think of the performance in the – was it the Olympics a few years ago where he scored like three or four times in the, <laughs> in the shootout? Uh, that's every time that I think of his name. Um, you know, it, it seems like every year where there comes for a quote-unquote big free agent um, that Detroit could go and sign um, – it, luck never falls on their side. Uh, more specifically, the last few years, I was following real closely, closely the Sac Parise and, uh, oh, who Ryan was the other Suter. defenseman? Yeah, Ryan, Ryan Suter. And there was the fake tweet that Suter had agreed to terms with Detroit, and I was so happy. And, oh, man, that, that you hurt. know. 
just um, delving into that real quick that that if the red wings would have had and, and now we're just kind of hindsight 2020 yeah, a little bit yeah. if the red wings were able to lend zach parise and ryan Suter, they would be a heck of a lot better than the minnesota wild right now <laughs> and they probably have uh two or three more stanley cups because I mean, you add Zach Parise and Ryan Suter to Henrik Zetterberg, Pavel Datsuk, um, Nicholas Cronwall, Nicholas Lidstrom, Johan Franz. It was yeah, the end of Lindstrom's. I think that yeah. might have been the year after Lindstrom. Actually, yeah, you're right. You're right. Lindstrom yeah. was gone. But, you know, Nicholas Cronwall was healthy at the time. I mean, you're looking at maybe two or three Stanley Cups there. That's good. I'm looking but, forward to Saturday. You know, I'm always refreshing – Bob McKenzie's timeline and some of those other guys I'm being let down when I see nothing comes on the front of Detroit. Um, but I just, I want it to be a good move because again, the Franz Nielsen contract. Okay. He's a great player. He's a goal scorer, but you know, giving a guy a six year deal when he's already 32, almost 33 years old, just, um, just kind of is, I don't know. It's kind of a letdown, but you know, we'll kind of see how this weekend goes and uh, this summer. I think the Darren Helm contract was asinine. The applicator too. I, I ranted about that last week, but those are those are the two that really bug me. Yeah, the Darren Helm one was just it was totally asking. <laughs> he can barely play half the season. Like, and, and you know what? I, I, I like Darren I Helm. I do, I do too. I do like Darren Helm. I do think that he's a guy that, um, you know, he's a professional. You know, he plays the game the right way. He's physical. He's fast. He can put the puck in the net here and there. But to Sounds give like that a guy, profile that we're giving to give right the now. guy a five-year, what was it, a five-year deal or? I thought it was four, deal? four-year, sixteen or eighteen mil, something like that. And, and that's just absurd for a guy like Darren Helm. So I mean, you know, and, and I'm looking it up right now. He's still got one, two, three, four years at three point eight five. Like that, Good that boy. is horrible. And the guy's thirty years old already. Like you should have let the guy go to a team like Winnipeg or a team like Calgary or Edmonton that, you know, wanted to spend the money on him. And, and he's, he's a third-line center at best, maybe a fourth-line center. So, I mean, I know I know you got to have guys to play those positions and penalty kill, you know. I, I get, get, but get you can that, have but... a kid come play that at, <laughs> at $500,000. Who actually plays that's 80 games point. a season. That's my point. Yeah. And, and, and that's where they've hamstrung themselves with contracts. Like, you know, the, the Abdulkader contract you brought up, uh, 4.25 for one, two, uh-huh. three, four, five, six more years at 4.25. No one's taking that contract. No one's taking that contract. No one's taking the Franz Nielsen contract uh, at 5.25. No, No, I think you're still paying Franzen, aren't you? Uh, you are paying Franzen, but it is basically deferred because it is on the, um, the long-term injury reserve. So you're not paying him. Um, you know, but there are some really horrific contracts that are on the books. I mean, like Jonathan Erickson, 4.25. That one's brutal. Cronwell at 4.75 right now looks bad, but at the time that was a really good contract because he was playing really good hockey. Danny DeKaiser, uh, we'll see. You know, he signed that long-term five, five uh, what is it, five million a year for the next, uh, what, five years. So, um, Ken Holland, this is what you've done. This is what you've done. You this is what he's done in in a in a vacuum. Like you, you can you cannot move very well with this. You, you no, can, you cannot do this. And no. this is this is probably why the Wings signed uh, the other day. Just to let everybody know, the Wings did sign McElrath and Lashoff to two year deals. Yep. And also signed Ben Street to a one year deal. Um, we talked about last week or two weeks ago about 
Um, it'll be nice to see what Ben Street, if he can uh, crack the roster um, and provide some uh, some help on that Red Wings roster. But, you know, th this is what you're left with is not making very many decisions on the trade front and not making very many decisions in free agency because you have these contracts. These are these are bad contracts you're not going to get out for get out of for a few more years. Now I'm gonna we're gonna play a little game here because okay. there was an article of um, players that the Red Wings could possibly be interested in. I don't know if any of these move the needle Ooh. for you at all. Um, Trevor Daly. How old is he though? I like I like Trevor I Daly a lot. I believe he's 33 years old. Yeah, I believe see. he's 33 years old. And, and I know a lot um, of your guys that are in the mid higher 20s are probably locked into contracts already. But you know I'm not all about giving Trevor Daly a four or five years contract. I mean, if it's a one or a two year deal for Trevor Daly and, and you know, he's able to come up and he's able to help you at, at the NHL level while the younger guys still develop. I have no yeah, problem not sure with what that he's asking for. I just don't know what he's asking for. If he wants that kind of last four or five year contract or how much money he wants, but I'm sorry. Exactly. Um, so, so, Daly doesn't seem like he moves the needle for you. How about Ron Hainsey? He's 36 years old. Um, probably only be a one-year deal. Um, you know, he's he's on the wrong side of 30. But you know, it's, it's the same thing. It would, it would help some of those young guys um, if he come in. If he could stay stay healthy, um, you know, it could give him some depth at the D position. But that's about all it would do. And now this one, this one, you're going to be like, oh my God, please no. Um, but how about Brian Campbell, 38 years old, has a lot of mileage, and, uh, you know, he's a professional. He's much like Brad Richards when he came here, but uh, does that move the needle for you at all? Trevor Daly is sounding better by the minute. <laughs> so, so, I would say, so I would say for those names, I would sign Daly. Yeah. I would give him short-term, short dollar. If he doesn't want to take it, fine. We'll take Hainsey instead. Because I do think they need a veteran presence there because they have a lot of kids right now. And I don't think that Erickson's going to be ready for the regular season. Not that he's great, but he is a professional, uh, barely. Yeah, and, and I hope they stay away from some of those uh, restricted free agents who they would have to give up a draft pick or something to sign. Um, yeah, I don't think they're going into that. They're because not because they have gave up so many draft picks over the years, and this year they kind of had a plethora of them, I would hope that they would want to keep building that. Um, building that core that way they once they are able to make trades down the road for for some bigger names they have a bigger pool to to pull from I mean rumor is that the Red Wings are looking at defense and they're trying to make the the, the, the back end better mm -hmm. um, whether that be through free agency or that be through a trade I think the trade is the better market I think that Minnesota has a guy like Brodeen that the Red Wings could probably try maybe not pry away from them but they could uh you know dig into the plethora of defense prospects and you know uh glut of players that they have at the minor league level or even even at the nhl level they could probably delve in and, and you know probably get get a guy like brodeen or a guy like vatanen from anaheim or if they really want to strike big and try to put a package together, get Jacob Truba, that is going to cost you a guy like Larkin or Mantha or Athanasiu, but it does move the needle, and it does kind of factor in what you're looking to get is a number one defenseman. Truba may be that at some point. He's not right now, but he may be at that at some point, especially he played at the University of Michigan. I think that there's kind of a connection there. He has our, He already has his contract, so like 
all it's going to be is it's going to be moving money and obviously probably uh, you know, Larkin or Mantha or Athanasiu, and then probably a pick as well. I mean, is that something you'd be interested in as opposed to free agency? Yeah, I guess we'll kind of see, too, if if they're still looking to deal Peter Mrazek, uh, what that brings, yeah. what, what kind of haul that would bring. Um, I, I guess I would have to see who the pieces are if you were going to give up somebody like Athanasiu. Um, I wouldn't be totally happy about it, but I know, you know, at times he just hasn't been happy in Detroit with the way that he's been used. Um, but just like the Red Wings left, he would go somewhere else and get five more minutes a night and just, I mean, he would he would kill on somebody else's team. Um, yeah. So, you know, I, I guess it's kind of a wait-and-see approach. Yep. Um, and and that, that is the Detroit goaltender situation, uh, which we're about to get into here. Um, so we're going to move into our kind of our last topic uh, with some Twitter oh, questions. Quick, quickly about oh, the sorry, free agency. Yeah, quickly about the free agency. There was rumors that the Red Wings have touched base with the um, Thomas Vanek um, camp. Are you interested cool. in that at all? Yeah, I, I would love to bring him back for another year or two. Um, he played really well when he was healthy last year, um, showed that he could still score a little bit. And, and that guy just – his knowledge and presence of the ice and knowing where guys were at uh, was fantastic, and I think he really did enjoy his time in Detroit um, from, from from what I've read and uh, seen his quotes that he really enjoyed playing um, in Detroit. I would definitely be uh, open to that, and it's another right-handed shot to have uh, in that lineup. All right, so so I guess we can move on to the next con uh, next next topic. I can't. Talk. Yeah, so our, our Twitter questions. <laughs> we wanted to get some uh, Twitter questions from you, the people. Um, that follow us. Uh, we're going to try to make this a segment um, week in, week out. So if you guys uh, have any questions for us, feel free to send them to us on Twitter or Instagram or Facebook um, or tag any of us from Winged Octopus in them, and uh, we will answer them um, on air here on the podcast. So uh, the first question I'm going to ask you, and then I'll kind of give you my feedback. Uh, the first question is from at ManXRavens19, and he asks, with the goalie situation being a little bit of a mess, uh, where do you see Machovsky and JVP, who is Joran von Pottelberg, um, who was drafted in 2015, uh, where do you see them fitting into things? So I, you know, I don't know a whole lot about Machovsky. I, you mm -hmm. know, I've seen the name a bunch of times, and Ben Pottelberger is the guy that, you know, basically stole the show against Canada there uh, in the World Juniors. I believe it was two years ago. Um, I think that that JVP is probably going to play in the NLA next year, which is over in Europe. Um, and I do think that Machovsky will get a shot in Grand Rapids. Um, I mean, that's that's the short answer there. Yeah, and I, and I think depending, um, you know, from what I've read about Machovsky, he seems like he would be kind of a great addition. Um, you know, again, as we just talked, it will be kind of depend on what happens with Morazic. Um, You know, is Jared Coro a capable backup um, if – Jimmy Howard gets the workload, you know, is Machowski going to come in and fill, um, be, be a backup role right away? Uh, you know, we just don't know yet. It'll be kind of a wait and see with how the offseason goes if they try to trade Morazic. Um, as, as when it comes to JVP and uh, Petrozelli, who they just drafted, I think they can afford to uh, keep some of those guys um, overseas or in their system for another year or two. That way they just yeah. kind of grow and get some, get some playing time there. Um, because you're not really in a pinch that quickly yet. No, you um, have you have a lot of goaltending, and that's why the more I think about it and the more I look at it, um, I do think that, that one of the goalies is going to be moved, and I have to think it's Peter Barazic. You know, yep. 
Also, with the fact that Jared Carroll won an AHL Calder Cup championship, I know that you know that's not the biggest, the, the end all be all thing there, but I do think that that Ken Holland takes it in, into consideration. I think Chris Draper also takes it in, into consideration um, that maybe he is an NHL starter at some point. Mm-hmm. No question. Um, so, so we'll kind of see how that plays out. Um, yeah. And our sure. and our last and final question comes from at five for tweeting who asks, which team do you see making a big splash in free agency? Um, I guess I'll answer that. I think that the New York Rangers are in a situation that, um, you know, pretty much puts them in uh, win-now mode. You know, they traded Stepan to the uh, Coyotes to get a little bit long, uh, a little bit younger there with uh, D'Angelo and then the draft pick that they ended up taking at seventh overall, I believe it was. Um, I think they end up going and out and uh, acquiring Kevin Shattenkirk. I think that that's that's the smart thing for them to do. Um, I think that puts them in the win now mode that they or keeps them in the win now mode, and I think that they end up um, you know getting Shattenkirk. Yeah, I, I think my or which team I guess seeing a big splash or is kind of most intriguing to me is just seeing how Las Vegas uh, kind of transforms themselves. Um, they've already made a trade or two since the draft. Um, so it'll just be kind of see how that team forms together. Um, and, and the other would be, um, and, and I hate to say this name on the podcast, but to see, you know, if the Chicago Blackhawks make a big splash. Uh, it was unfortunate news for them the other day that Marion Hosa may be forced to retire because of a equipment, um, an allergic reaction to equipment. Um, so you, you wonder if they go out and make a move to kind of fill his void. Um, so we'll see. I guess the most intriguing to me is just is how Las Vegas is uh, going to keep tooling that roster um, as free agency hits, or, or how many guys would be uh, open to coming out of Las Vegas right away. Yeah, I agree. I, I think that, that two names to, to keep um, tabs on, and now I have no sources, <laughs> um, but <laughs> I do think that this this is an interesting situation. The Vegas, um, you know, wants to be competitive right away with the roster that they drafted in the expansion draft. They're not going to be competitive right away, but if they want to be competitive right away, they signed Joe Thornton and Patrick Marlowe on short deals. They also signed guys like Hainsey or Daly or uh, Brian Campbell. Um, and though that makes them, you know, maybe not a great team, but then you, you add that to James Neal and, and, you know, it starts give, to give look a little bit better. Excitement. Yeah. For, give sure. fans yeah. Excitement for that first year. Um, well, that'll about do it for our questions uh, this week. Before we wrap this up, I just kind of uh, wanted to take things in a different direction real quick and uh, just say from all of Winged Octopus and me and Tyler here, uh, the condolences to the family of the worker at Little Caesars Arena who passed away yesterday after falling 75 feet. Um, police, I believe today, uh, initially just ruled it a suicide, uh, which is unfortunate news. But uh, players to that family, uh, just something that you never want to see. Yeah, prayers, prayers definitely go out to the family, and you know, hopefully, um, you know, they make it through a tough time because you know that's never fun to see. Um, I, I don't know if he was a dad or you know, if, if but it doesn't matter, you know. Everybody has family, and that's just you know, it's horrific news, and uh, you know, condolences to the family, of course. Well, on on the positive um, side of things, um, this has nothing to do with hockey, but it kind of stays on that same topic. The uh, baseball umpire that saved that woman from. Yes. Something off the bridge the other day. Just uh, it's nice to see kind of people rally together and uh, that we care for others. So, um, again, condolences out to the family uh, that worker. 
Um, just, just unfortunate to see. Definitely. Now, I have a very quick question, and, and I just want to know like what your thoughts are on it, because the thought of this gives me uh, something in my pants. Um, <laughs> oh. Yarmer Yager is a free agent. Oh. Do it. Do it. Do the Detroit. I, I, I'd be happy. Uh, yeah, and and that's just me kind of being selfish and watching break records in a Detroit Red Wing uniform <laughs> and the fact that he's played for oh eighteen God, teams. Uh, you know, it would kind of give him another score. I don't know how. Uh, you know, as we've learned from Chris Chelios, it, it takes a warrior to keep your body in shape every off season just to uh, play the game of hockey. Uh, I don't know how much he'd be asking for, but uh, I guess I would be open to it. I, don't, I mean, you know, I'll tell you. I'll tell you one other thing. If Vegas really wants to get people to come out, oh, that would be, that'd be interesting. Yaga. but but if he's Yaga like a guy who's just going to score like nine or ten goals this season, and he takes the spot of somebody who I'd want to see like Tyler Bertuzzi play, then no, like you know, thank you, but no, thank you. Yeah, I think that I I, I do think that that would be interesting to see if the Red Wings would be interested in a guy like Yager. I think that you know. Going into new, to a new building is, but we we touched on this earlier. <laughs> you know, going into a new building, it's it's key that you give your fans something to look at. And, you know, that's that's if it's short term, short dollar, why not? Speaking of giving fans something to look at, Ken Holland finally said something about maybe trying to retire Sergey Fedorov's jersey. Thank the Lord. We should delve into Thank that. The Lord. A little that should have happened like five years ago, but thank the Lord. Well, you know, it's happened. Not to prolong this this podcast any longer because you know we are kind of getting it. We are we are kind of cutting it short here or getting too long here. Um, but you know, the the Federoff thing is interesting because a lot of people call him a sellout because he left and you know went to Anaheim and you know. But the things that he did outweighs what he left. You know what I mean? Yeah, and I think that was more of an issue with ownership around that time. It wasn't necessarily, uh, you know, Ken Holland. Um, yeah, I, I do think that also that Fedorov, you know, he scored a lot of goals. You know, he's probably one of the best Russians of all time, and you got to have that guy's number retired. I mean, you know, he this was the organization he had the most success in. And, you know, I just think that Sergei Fedorov deserves the number 91 up in the rafters because Amen. even going to Red Wings games or, you know, going to Red Wings games in, in Boston or, or in Philly or New York or, you know, New Jersey, you see Fedorov jerseys everywhere. And, you know, mm -hmm. that's just love. You know, he's a fan favorite. And, uh, you know, like I said, some people do feel different about him. Yeah. But I do think that he's a fan favorite, and I do think that a lot of people would support that, and I do think that that is going to happen at some point, as I do think Osgood is going to be – his number is going to be retired as well. Well, maybe this is why you brought it up, but a blurb just came out that Yager says teams are not calling him about signing him in free agency. So we'll see, we'll see if he, him making that statement has a few teams that call. So that um, means Ken Holland is going to call. <laughs> yeah, <right. laughs> just to chat. Just to chat. Yeah, yeah, just to chat and, and to talk about the mullet and, you know, you know, all the goals and everything and, you know. Well, I'll say this one more time before we sigh off because I'm probably going to save it from every podcast here on out until it happens. Steve Eiserman, your contract ends next year. Ken Holland's contract ends next year. 
Iserman, please come home. We need you to come Iserman, home. If you're, wa if you're watching this, if you're listening to this, if you're listening. Please, please come home. Marion yep. Illich, if you are listening, make this happen. Make this happen. Yep. The more I think about the Iserman thing, the more it makes sense. You know, the Red Wings are going into a new building. They want new stuff. Uh, you know, it might not happen in the first year, but, you know, the, the contracts line up at the same time. Either way, we're going to get a new GM because I don't think they're extending think so. call. But, again, so, that's a, another conversation for another day that we could yep, have. I agree. So I, I, I thank you for powering through this, course, Tanner. Thank you. Um, you know, I give both of us credit for powering through it because we're both kind of under the weather here. Shout out to um, Tess. Tess will be back next week. Yes, she will. She, she um, was at a wedding, so we kind of gave her the pass on that one. We, we were a little hard on her at first. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> Have fun, get hammered, and uh, yeah. you know, we'll see you next week. Tess. It up. So, um, so Tanner, I appreciate you coming on. Um, just if you could just plug your uh, Twitter handle, please. Yes, sir. The other T Swift, uh, both on Twitter and Instagram. And you can follow me on Twitter at Mass Wings Fan. You can also follow the Winged Octopus on Twitter at Winged Octopus. You can follow us on uh, Instagram as well, Winged Octopus, and like us on Facebook. Um, from everyone here, um, we thank you for listening. Please subscribe, comment, and also leave us some feedback. We want to know if you guys like the podcast. Yes, please, please do. Uh, if you guys hate it and we want to know why you hate it, what we can do to improve, uh, you know, anything. So uh, I really thank you guys for taking time out of your night and listening to us. And you guys have a great night and stay classy, Hockey Town. Thanks, Tanner. One. One. <laughs>